Good morning. Welcome to Trinity's Daily Podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at the church, and I'm going to read on this Friday a passage from Matthew 20, and then we'll pray and spend just a little bit of time here at the beginning of our day thinking about God's Word. But first, let's read. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly ordered them to be quiet, but they shouted even more loudly, Have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. Jesus stood still and called them, saying, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they regained their sight and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Bible. Jesus, we thank you that you interacted with people the way that you did. God, there's such um, truth here, not just for them, but for us. And I pray that we would see it today. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, to see you as you are, to have eyes to see. Amen. So what we see in this passage is a large crowd and two blind men. So immediately, you're supposed to get a sense of movement here. Uh, everybody's moving. Jesus is moving. He's leaving Jericho. A large crowd. They're all moving, except for these two men. Uh, these men are quite literally stuck. They're seated. They're not moving. They they had been provided for in in Jewish law. Uh, a, a person blind or uh, impaired in some way could could position themselves by the gates. And, and beg for alms uh, for the poor. They could ask for charity. And it was a way that they would live because they had no opportunity to, to earn a living or to have the dignity of, of movement living in society as, as we would imagine. And so these people were quite literally living in a sidelined space at the mercy of others. They were have-nots. And those who walked by them, the haves, would either give to them or not give to them. And that was the situation. Uh, they were looking to eke out a living. Uh, they were stuck. And if you've ever been stuck or felt sidelined or felt uh, vulnerable and sort of out of sight, you you see yourself maybe in these, these two men. Uh, they were powerless. They couldn't justify themselves. And I, I chose today's reading from the Daily Lectionary because it really reminded me of what we looked at a couple of days back, the the Jesus interaction with the small children and then the rich young ruler. Um, these men are like the children in, in that they're vulnerable and powerless, but they're unlike children. Um, and maybe in this sense, they have something to teach us about what we do when we spot our vulnerability, because it's tempting for us to uh, live in denial of our vulnerability. Maybe, maybe that's the way the kids were. They, they didn't, kids don't know that they're powerless. They just know they're kids. Uh, but these men, they do know that they're vulnerable. And yet rather than um, just lie down in it or or give up or feel sorry for themselves, and, and maybe they'd had moments where they'd done all of those things. What these people do is they cry out to Jesus. They're aware of their need and they're aware that Jesus might actually have something to say to their need. And there was something about Jesus that I think, in, if we're not careful, we lose sight of this, that... There was something about Jesus when he walked the earth 2,000 years ago that communicated to vulnerable people like these two fellows a, a, a sense of welcome. 
And I just don't know if we feel the same way about Jesus. And I wonder if we've allowed something to be taken from us. This idea that Jesus is not aloof from my need, but he's actually um, welcoming to me when I'm in my places of need. Jesus was communicating something through his life, through his uh, body language um, to these men that they didn't need to stay quiet, that they could cry out for him to intervene. And they do. They cry out. And in this sense, they're teachers to me and you. They are aware of their need and they cry out, have mercy on a son of David. They are willing to press through being sidelined. They are willing to press through the resistance. And just like with the children where the disciples rebuke the parents for bringing the kids, the crowd now silences or tries to silence these two blind men. And I've been thinking about this lately. Um, it's it's not popular to not have it all figured out. I mean, I think we've even seen Christians, well-intentioned, like really godly Christians, um, try to maybe act like they've got things figured out that they don't in recent days. I have felt that temptation. And yet what these guys have here is a sense of insistence that they don't know what's going to happen next, but they do want to make their need known. So I would just ask you, like, are there forces at play in your life that are trying to silence you, to hush you up from articulating your neediness? What do you do? How do you press through? I think there's something here for us. These fellas had a kind of grit that enabled them to press through the resistance that would seek to silence them and ask for God's help and mercy. So what does Jesus say once uh, they have his attention? Does he preach a sermon? Does he say, oh, I know what you need. Clearly, you want your eyesight back. He does not. He asks them a question. And I think this is one of those questions, maybe the most important question that we will have asked to us as we live our lives. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And I, I promise you, you go do a phrase search, um, specifically in Mark's gospel, but here we're reading it in Matthew. Jesus seemed to ask this question of people over and over and over again. Even when it was obvious what they really needed, he asked them anyway, what do you want me to do for you? He doesn't assume. He doesn't even act like he knows. He asks. And I think he doesn't just ask these two blind guys or the man by, beside the pool who's paralyzed. I think he asks you. What do you want? What do you need? If God were going to do something for you, what would it be? Do you know how to answer that question? If you were, if you were to hear Jesus today say to you, what do you want me to do for you? Would you know what to say back? And I think the answer to that question changes over time, which is why we have to become increasingly aware of how we're doing. We, we can't just be broken records throughout our lives. Um, we have to actually know in what season we're living what we need from God. Do you know what you need from God right now? I think it's the most important question, is the question Jesus puts before people. What do you want? Well, they answer him. They say, we want our eyes to be open. And there's a lot there because, you know, for them, uh, being blind had sidelined them. So in some way, when they get their eyesight back, they're back in the game, right? They're able to join the crowd, to follow, to go to work. See, a lack of sight had made them stationary. It had stuck them. And then seeing them, therefore, unsticks them. And in some way, I think that 
the way we answer the question, what do you want me to do for you? Really the result of whatever that is, that question that Jesus would then meet, the result of it should always be to get us moving again, to unstick us, uh, to put us back in the game, if you will. See, for them, sight got them moving, but it also gave them back their dignity, their life, their uh, their family, their livelihood, uh, the ability to interact with society. So after they articulate, essentially, we want our eyes to be open, what does Jesus do? Does he just like wave the wand over them or speak from a distance? Nope. He reaches his hands out and he touches the place that does not function. He, he actually physically touches the most vulnerable place. And I just want you to imagine, may, maybe this would be a good exercise for you. If you have a, a friend or a family member that you uh, would allow to touch you right now, uh, it might be good for you to close your eyes and then just say, hey, listen, like in the next 30 seconds, just touch my face. <laughs> it would have been very uncomfortable for these blind men to, to have very little warning and have Jesus touch their eyes. And I, I think about that in my own life, like the places in me that are really tender and vulnerable, the places in me that feel, you know, broken beyond repair. It's really uncomfortable to have those called out and touched. And yet the only way to receive healing is to have God go in and touch the places that feel really, really vulnerable, really, really uncomfortable to have touched. So that's what he does. He goes and he touches them and they're able to see. And the way the passage ends, I think, is really, really telling. They join the crowd. They follow Jesus. They actually are no longer sideline spectators. They, they become active participants. They get up and follow God. So I would just ask you today to spend a little bit of time. I, I think the EHS course is a great invitation and opportunity for us as a church to become more and more aware of where we are vulnerable and where we need Jesus to meet us. And then we have to actually make some decisions about whether we'll ask him to go there and let him go there so that we can get moving again. God bless you. Go in peace. I pray for his peace and grace to go in front of you today. Amen.